Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I am your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and I am so happy to have you here to join us for another show. This is going to be a great show. As I promise you, every single week, we are here to educate, empower you with that education entertain you a little bit, hopefully, and inspire you to live your most fearlessly authentic life. We know it's not easy. It's never easy, but it's worth striving for. I was always afraid to take risks on myself until I made a big decision in my life and changed everything and started taking risks on myself. And that's when my life changed. And it's getting uncomfortable, feeling that, that pain a little bit, but moving forward anyway. And my guest today is going to shed a lot of light on her journey and what she does for a living and how she empowers so many women. So please stay tuned, stay here right now so I can introduce my guest to you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find me anywhere at Jody Harrison Bauer on all of my social platforms. And let's welcome Keisha Grant to the show. Welcome, Keisha. Jody, hello. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I have loved you from the time you came to Connecticut. And um, I've been a fan girl ever since. And to see you, you know, kind of grow up um, in front of me, you know, it's been a long time. So I want to introduce everybody to you before we we move on. Okay. Thank Keisha, you, Jody. Keisha Grant is an anchor for NBC Connecticut. She can be seen weeknights at 5 p.m., 6 p.m., and 11 p.m. alongside co-anchor Mike Heideck and chief meteorologist Ryan Hanrahan, who's been around for a long time also. Keisha is an Emmy Award winner who has covered a wide range of breaking news stories from coast to coast, including some of Connecticut's most memorable headlines, of the last decade. She has been honored by the NAACP for her commitment to community involvement. She has also been honored with awards from several other organizations, including the Ohio Valley Chapter of the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences, the Society of Professional Journalists, and MAD. Most recently, she was the recipient of the Community Award, an honor bestowed upon her by the Consul General of Barbados in New York, recognizing her contribution to the field of journalism while proudly representing her Bayesian heritage. Keisha loves hiking, traveling, mentoring youth, and enjoying everything that nature has to offer. She says her parents are her role models and credits her mother's strength and her father's West Indian culture to her strong values and work ethic. Keisha lives in Farmington Valley with her husband, daughter, and son. Welcome again to the show, Keisha. Jody, thank you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it it really, you've done so much. And I remember, like I said, when you came to Connecticut and watching you and um, just seeing you blossom throughout, what is it, almost 19 years you've been here, right? 20 20 wow. as of this past January. Wow. I feel like I've grown up here. Yeah. And that's how I feel by watching you. And so I wanted to ask you, um, 
you know, going back from when you were growing up, what brought you to um, have this love for broadcast journalism? What attracted you to this field? This is a love that I developed, gosh, when I was a teenager. I thought growing up that I would either be a teacher or a veterinarian. And I come from a British West Indian household, my father, Helling from Barbados, my mother from San Diego, California. And we were a family that every single evening we would eat together, um, dinner, nightly news would be on in the background or local news. And I just remember at the age of 14, my father asking me, and I am still a daddy's girl to this day, but I remember my father asking me, do you know what you want to be when you grow up? And I looked at him and I said, yeah, I'm either a, a vet or a teacher. And daddy looked at me and he said, okay, what about this? And he pointed mm -hmm. to the television screen. And on the screen were two newscasters. Mm -hmm. That's all my father ever said. Wow. At the age of 14, I sat there and I thought, okay, I am, you know, I've got the, the gift of gab. I meet no strangers. Even at 14, I... Uh, am downright nosy, inquisitive, if you want to call yes, it that. Yes. This could be something for me. That's all my father ever did was ask me that question. He posed that question and said, how about this? That made me take a second look at it. And, and it has been full speed ahead ever since. Um, it allowed me to go to college, declare my major early because I knew uh, wow. there was never any doubt in my mind. And I think that that's what makes this feel like it's not work. It is not work. It is it is living a passion and and a dream every single day. And how lucky am I to be able to tell people's stories? That's beautiful. You know, you hear so many people who are not happy with their jobs, regard their jobs as jobs, something that they have to do to pay the bills and put food on the table. But, you know, I always told my daughters they're 30 and 34. And when they were trying to figure out what they wanted to do, I said, Pick something you're passionate about because everything does eventually at times become a job, right? Like there are Absolutely. times where it definitely feels like a job and you're like, oh, could I just sleep a little bit later? Or <laughs> I don't want to stay up this late to give the news at 11 o'clock. I was thinking- Can I not I was, apply lashes and makeup right, today? Right, right. I was thinking <laughs> when I put my lip gloss on before we sat down, I thought, how does she do this? You know, how does she do it? But I think- when you are inquisitive, when you are curious, you really want to know what makes people do the things that they do, and you can speak well and present yourself, then this is, you know, this is like the perfect job. And yeah. it's the reason why you've been so successful. Thank you. It really is, you know, the a lot of work goes into it. So growing up in a British West Indian household, there was a dialect that I needed to get rid of. I have worked with speech therapists. Um, I have wow. kind of run the gamut to make sure that I'm in a position that I could work anywhere that I wanted to across the country. I didn't just grow up in a British West Indian household. <laughs> I grew up in the San Fernando Valley of Southern California. Right. So you throw in a little valley girl there growing up. Right. And um, I had a lot of, of things to to get rid of, to be mindful of. And I have been blessed with this career um, for many, many years that I've had a lot of time to work it all out. But I still have words in my head that I cannot pronounce, that I still have problems pronouncing. And that is because of that uh, vernacular growing up. 
Right, right. That that makes total sense. And even while I'm listening to you speak and when I was watching the news and listen to you, you know, you do hear some newscasters, they speak beautifully. And then there are other ones that speak like a newscaster. And that's how you speak. Uh, it's sort of like how radio was a long time ago. You had to have that voice. Sure. Um, you know, it was always you have a voice for radio, your face for radio. Um, but right now, nowadays with podcasts, everybody has a different voice and it's sort of accepted like there isn't this voice, but you do have an amazing, beautiful voice. My Thank goodness, you. it really. And so you have the presence in front of the camera. So how hard was that? So you work on your voice, the words, your vernacular. Sure. And then getting in front of the camera for the first time, were you thrilled or were you terrified? A little bit of all the above. Mm -hmm. Um, I graduated from a private university. And while the journalism department was excellent and it prepared me for TV news, I thought, I want to get a, a, you know, my idea of a story is still three minutes long. Let me get a, a little bit more of a of a grasp. I was a licensed pharmacy technician because I knew that I was going into a field where I would make no money in the very beginning. So I started in junior high working in a pharmacy, worked my way up. And so by the time I was in high school and entering college, I was prepared to get licensed by the state of California. I was able to work two days a week in a pharmacy and market number two, Los Angeles, and then drive to my first television market, Palm Springs, which was a totally different market from LA. So there was no moonlighting. I was able to do this. Um, But those are some of the things that I use to prepare myself just for the journey ahead. Again, just knowing what was going to go into that. But um, it's really, really interesting, Jody, because I think about this journey and this path and kind of what has gone into the preparation for it. Um, And it, you know, the vocal lessons were, were one thing, the speech therapist was another, but there has been a lot of preparation in terms of just making sure that I was set up to, to do this and, and knowing that I'm doing it from my heart. Um, I wanted to set myself up for success. Right. And so I graduated college, did a year of cable for free thinking mm-hmm. okay i need i need more of a realistic grasp right like let me get work. into the let me get into the you know combat the here right the nitty yeah. gritty yes. i remember a mentor of mine a reporter in los angeles saying honey no one works for free what are you doing but i just thought let me as much as i didn't know at that young age i just thought let me let me carve this path out for my for myself mm. my back was covered i was working in a pharmacy so i could do this mm. i worked for cable for free for a year. And then I put on a suit and went out and carried a briefcase. There was nothing in the briefcase, but I had it in my hand. I love it. <laughs> and I walked into a television station in Palm Springs, California, two hours away from my home, two hours away from where I was working in the pharmacy. And I said, do you have anything open? I'm a reporter. They didn't have any reporter positions open, but the news director looked at me and she said, I have nothing open, but you can intern. Well, deep down inside, I thought I'd just work for a, a year for free. <laughs> right. Now you're giving me the opportunity to intern. But OK, I, for a good 14, 15 hours a day, was in that newsroom doing any and everything that I could. I would have flat shoes on and blue jeans on the bottom and a blouse on the top, just in case with a little bit of makeup. Lo and behold, about five months into doing that internship, uh, they were short reporters at the NBC station in Palm Springs. 
the main anchor was on his way out. He just accepted a position in another market. So he had nothing to lose by saying, why don't we use the intern Keisha for our lead story tonight? I had no idea what I was doing. 10 o'clock comes. We're going live at 11 o'clock at night. And pardon me for getting excited about it, but it still inspires me to this day. 10 o'clock comes, Jody, and the main anchor looks over at me in the middle of the newsroom. And I still have to get to my live shot, which is only five minutes away. And he says, how are you doing? Now, inside, I'd never gone live before. Everything that I'd done up till then was had been recorded, taped. He says, how are you doing? And I just remember thinking, I'm sinking, but I am never say never. And I remember putting one thumb up and putting the second thumb up. And I get out there to my live shot. I I didn't even know how to put the script into the computer. I get out there to my live shot. I'm standing there. The red light comes on and the rest is history. They offered me a job out of that. Wow. It just felt natural. It felt great. It felt real. Uh, They made a position for me after that live show. So speaking of live shows, and this shows you the grit and the consistency that you have to have if you really want to go after something. And so I think a lot of people don't realize when they see the success of somebody like you and they're like, well, what did she do? Not They're not saying, what did she do to get here? But they don't know your backstory. They don't sure. know what you put into it. They don't know that you worked for free. They don't know that you kept taking a chance on you. Yeah. Like you were an intern. You said, I don't need another free job. <laughs> I need I need to get paid. And to say no is what I wanted right. to say. You wanted to say no, <laughs> but deep down you knew I've got to keep putting this out there because if I keep putting it out there, and this was probably all before people were talking about visualizations, make a vision board. You're like, girlfriend, I'm taking freaking action here, right? And that's what I tell people all the time. It's about taking action. That's what you did. I I knew nothing about setting the intention. I knew nothing about opening up and speaking to the universe and having the universe listen to to you. I did not have the wisdom that I have today, which to me is the beauty of it all. I I call it Virgo intuition. I did not know why I was doing what I was doing, Mm. but I knew that there was a greater plan and a greater purpose. And I also knew my parents raised me to know that hard work kills no one. So there is nothing wrong with, you got to work seven days a week. You work that seven days a week, which I did. I did that for a year and a half. Um, That's all I knew. What I know now, fast forward all these years, is the reasoning behind why it happened the way that it happened. But I find the beauty in this journey in not knowing at that time why that was happening to me, why I was going through the motions and, and getting it done without question. But I see where it has taken me. And it was the right call. Right. It, it it is it is when we get to a certain point that we look back and we see how the dots are connected. We don't know why it's happening at the moment. And I I tell my daughters this all the time, but lean into that feel. Just yeah. lean into it. It's an intuition. Whatever wherever it comes from, and it is about taking action and um, and not sitting back and waiting for somebody to offer you something. You know, go in there, mm-hmm. be seen, and and do the hard work. And that's a great story. That is so empowering. Well, they are lessons that I plan to teach my and have started to lay the groundwork for for my nine year old daughter and my seven year old son. They are lessons, life lessons that. Mm-hmm. 
I can't sit down and verbalize to them, this is what you do. I just have to instill the tools for them to make those decisions um, when the time comes. Mm-hmm. I have to give them the the sounding board to be able to know, hey, this may be what mama was talking about. Uh, because my parents did that for me. Yes. Especially when you look at these days, people can do any and everything maybe without having to put in the grit and the hard work. Um, That's where we are. You no longer have to. This isn't 25 years ago where I, you know, you had to work hard and start small. Now people can pick up and say, I think I want to get in the TV news and they can do it. Uh, Yeah. And I wanted to ask you about that. So how has it changed from 25 years ago when you started to now? What, how do you, how do you see it? It's it's like night and day. It's Mm. like night and day. So the industry is so different. Um, and you see it, people come and people go all the time. Yes. Um, all the time. You see the reporters, your newscasters, your journalists, younger and younger. Um, you look at their resumes, perhaps, and they don't have that padded, long, extensive experience and not to knock anyone mm-hmm. who does get there easier. But I think back to mistakes that I made, things that you have to go through And I liked making those in a smaller market. These days, people can start in a market um, that is a medium-sized market. And so there are many more eyeballs looking at those mistakes that you may make. You're human. You're going to make them. Uh, Because this is one of those businesses where the more time you put in, repetition, the more you do it, um, the better you get, quite frankly, mm-hmm. because no two situations are ever going to be the same in this business where every single day, every story is different. Right. Um, you just have to rely on your journalistic guts and your know-how. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that's exciting. So you go live three times a day, five days a week. I do, unless I'm filling in. Um, last week, I filled in on the seven o'clock. So I was doing the five o'clock news, the six o'clock news solo, the seven o'clock solo, the 11 o'clock solo. Um, if, you know, my co-anchor is on vacation um, or if someone's off, I may do the 530 as well. So there's any day it could all change. It just depends on how the schedules look and you just keep going. How do you, you seem to be being in the business, you're like a veteran at this point. I guess you'd be considered a veteran at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so when you do have those changes, you do have those pivots where you have to, like anything that's going on in the state that you're reporting on, what has been the hardest thing for you to report on in front of us, getting live on TV and reporting? I'm sure you have a lot um but what has been maybe the hardest one to report on i would say without a doubt uh sandy hook was the most difficult thing sandy hook happened before i was a parent um sandy hook happened i i just remember there are certain instances where when you anchor the evening shows, really, it doesn't matter what shows you anchor. When you see certain news um, cross, uh, you know that you don't even phone in. You put on your clothes and you run into the newsroom mm. because you're going to be needed. And I just remember that morning 
watching news cut-ins and and we've had several of these occasions where the news stories have been so big but this one was different i remember watching cut-ins and thinking oh that's okay there's been a shooting at a school and then i remember thinking to myself and i'm monitoring it to see do i need mm-hmm. to grab my clothes and go into the newsroom and drop everything right and I remember watching a cut-in and I remember, you know, the anchor saying, our morning anchor saying that the all of the ambulances had been turned away. And I remember thinking, oh, this is early on before we knew anything right. about Sandy Hook. And I remember thinking for a fleeting moment, oh, that's good. That means no one was injured. Lo and behold, an hour later, we learned why they had been turned away. Right. Um, and that was one of those situations where it was put on your clothes and just go in. Um, it happened a decade ago, but it's one of those events that I had never dealt with for the past decade. I would tell, you know, people anytime they'd inquire, well, (laughs) that's the event that, that gave me PTSD. I know that I deal with PTSD from that, Mm -hmm. that I've never dealt with. And for the past decade, I could tuck it away. And in the past year, we worked on a documentary on the decade, and it was so difficult to work through that I then had to address it uh, because it was just too difficult. I should have dealt with it a decade ago, but I didn't because in this business, trauma comes and it goes. And every single day is something new. You almost don't have a moment to stop and digest any of it. You just keep going. There's always another event, right? right? So working on that documentary, I knew I have to deal with this and I am still in therapy to this day for that, dealing with it, working through it. And I make no bones about it. I think that anyone in this business should be in therapy. It is an extremely um, traumatic business. Don't get me wrong. We're not out here saving lives, right? but the stuff that we're reporting on, right. more often than not, we have sanitized it before we can report it. And if you were human, right. there's no way that you can internalize that. That's at some what, point that's what I, I think of when I see you on TV and I, I'm thinking, how do they, how are they able to do it? I know you're professional, so I know that you do it. You put on your professional hat and like you said, you sanitize it. But, you know, man, you bring that stuff home. You can't get it out of your head. And yeah. um yeah, I'm wondering that when you decided that this was going to be your career, I'm sure that you had no idea how much of an impact all of these different stories would have on your life. You, how do you know, right? I, you don't. You have no idea. But I can tell you each heinous story, each heinous thing that I have seen, I can recall dates, times, places, details. Mm-hmm. As a journalist, you take all of that trauma and you compartmentalize it. Mm -hmm. And that's the stuff that I'm working through to alleviate some of that. Because if you don't deal with that, it bleeds out into, at some point, it's going to bleed out into other aspects of your life. You you have to deal with it. But I have covered stories that, (laughs) quite frankly, no one should have to know the details to. Um, and then to have to know the sordid details, sanitize it to report it to the viewer. But at the end of the day, you still know what happened. Um, and it is gut-wrenching. I remember covering Hurricane Katrina 
the aftermath and, and part of the difficulty in what we do. And, and please don't get me wrong, Jody. I love what I do. I, oh, I love informing people. We're just talking about the, the human aspect yes, of it. Yes, yes. We talk about these things and the larger the event, you talk about them at nauseum day after day. And that's mm-hmm. when it really just, you can't escape. And I just remember Hurricane Katrina <laughs> After watching that situation, and I was working mornings at the time, and I, I, it was the first and only time that I have shed a tear on the air and had to shake it off to get through what I was reading. It was that difficult. But the news hurts sometimes, which is why when I can report on something that is uplifting and empowering, informative and beautiful, that's when I really try to just... <laughs> Hit it on home and 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 put all of my heart and soul into those stories because uh, the the tough stories take a toll. They you do. think that viewers nowadays um, want to see more emotion from their anchors? Um, you know what I think that there are. I, I think that they do, and I think that that comes in authenticity and. Mm-hmm. While I'm not sitting there shedding tears on every story that deep right. down I could be, um, viewers can hear it in my voice. Yes. They know, <laughs> they 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 know it all. They know me, um, so they can hear it in my voice. They can see it on my face, and I I don't hold anything back. Now you do have the most part. Yes, you can tell part. on your face, and I think um, I think that's why we all love you because we see you emoting. We don't need our news anchors crying or laughing out loud or showing all different emotions on air but we can and that i think that's what makes you so special is oh. that we can see you emote we can feel that at home yeah. um without you necessarily shedding a tear but i remember like back in the old days you know walter cronkite days oh. you know you didn't see anchors ever emoting because everything had to be very flat with you know, so the viewers can make their own decisions about how they feel. But that was a long time ago. Absolutely. And listen, there are still those subjects where I am extra mindful not to emote. <laughs> um, oh. Politics being one, yes. there's some subjects that you just don't touch. Um, and so those things I am more mindful of. I need people to, you can't work in a television market for 20 years and not be trusted. And part of viewers trusting me to get their information from me and my team is the fact that they know that I can bring them the news, good, bad, or ugly, hard, or soft, they're going to get it. What they do not need and want is for me to interject opinion. Don't give me any any emotion because on certain topics, because then you're going to know. Listen, we're talking about clearing the shelters and rescuing animals. I'm going to squill with delight all day long. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. But certain we're things gonna, like politics, you will never know. <clears throat> that, and I guess that's a good thing. Um, yeah. We're going to take a quick break. We will be right back. Stay with us. We'll be right back with Keisha Grant. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. 
On Fearlessly Authentic, Jody talks about mental and physical well-being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic, following this meal plan can help you get there. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21-day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21-day journal crucial to your success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code podcast to get 25% off. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm joined by Keisha Grant. We are talking about what it is like, what it's, her journey has been like to become this fabulous Emmy Award-winning news anchor. Welcome back, Keisha. Thank you, Jody. Such a pleasure to be here. So nice gabbing with you. You're so nice gabbing with you too. And we were talking about some of the tough uh, stories that you've had to cover. But what I really want to know as well is as a mom, as a wife, as a professional who takes her job very seriously, how do you balance everything? Mm. That That's a loaded question because I, know. <laughs> I you know, as I was cooking dinner at 2.30 this afternoon, <laughs> before wow. I could run and put my clothes on to get into the newsroom to get on air at, at five o'clock, and I don't read my stories cold. I Producers have written the stories. I have a hand in every single thing that comes out of my mouth because if it's wrong, if I don't have a pronunciation correct, or, or just if I don't know what I'm talking about, it isn't going to roll off my tongue, but also... I am held accountable for what comes out of my mouth and rightfully so. So if I get something wrong, you know, and something that a producer has written, someone else has written, I can't blame anyone but myself. So I go through every single story. So is that is that not normal? I mean, I can't even imagine getting on air live and not have read anything that was is that on the teleprompter i can't even imagine i mean You'd be i surprised. i remember when i first started this podcast like three and a half years ago not reading the bios 
at first, mm. reading them cold. And I thought, what the hell are you doing, Jody? You need to read this bio. <laughs> what if there's a typo? What if there's a word you can't pronounce? Right. You know, what if, the, or you don't know how to say the word, um, which is the same way as saying can't pronounce. But um, it's just, you can feel it when when you're saying it. And I can't even imagine, but there are people that go on, on live. Every cold. single day every single day and they do it well. It's like an art. I, I think that it's an art. You know why I think it's an art? Because I can't do it. I refuse mm-hmm. to do it. In fact, I think it's, mm-hmm. I, I want to know what I'm talking about. Me too. You write as you speak and you speak as you write. Mm-hmm. So if someone else has written a story, it's not going to flow off of my tongue. Right. I need to take that story, tweak it into how I would say it, um, sub out certain words, but more importantly, double check the facts, make sure that I know what I'm talking about. Because if that teleprompter goes down and I cannot tell you how many times it has gone down, you need to know what you're talking about because you just may have to ad lib that story. So if you haven't looked at it, how can you possibly cover your butt? Um, It's yeah, it's uh, it's very, very fascinating. But your question was about balance, right? I am, I am chasing that like every single mom in general, right? Working mom, moms who stay at home, we're we're all chasing that balance. And (laughs) I haven't found it yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, thank you for that very honest answer. It's, it's got to be hard being a public figure, having two young children, a husband, a home, everything that goes into it. And, and people seeing you all the time wanting to stop you. It that's, do you love that? Does it ever get to be annoying? I mean, I'm sure it it doesn't. No, you know what? I sometimes I look at people and I just have to apologize. Look, look, you just got the right. <laughs> glasses, braces in my mouth, dark under eye circles, hair undone right. version in the grocery store. Right. Um, my voice is always the giveaway, even yes. when I am it's just so beautiful, you know. So thank you. But so there aren't a lot of places where I can go where people don't either there is some familiarity, they can't quite place it, or they'll outright know. And so you catch the long stares. Yeah. People are so polite about letting you know that, mm. you know, I know who you are. <laughs> um, but I look at that as a gift. And I look at that as and not as an annoyance. If people did not feel comfortable with me to stop me in public, to speak with me in public, to let them, to let me know that, that they watch or that they recognize me, then it would mean that I'm doing something wrong. It would mean when they watch the news, I don't feel like a friend. It would mean that I feel icy and unapproachable. And that would mean that I'm doing something wrong. So I kind of let it all hang out when I'm on the air, Mm -hmm. uh, because this is all I have, me. Yeah. And and I cannot mask that. I wouldn't want to. Um, everybody else is taken. You no, know? That, that is the beauty of you. That is the uniqueness of you. So when you came to Connecticut uh, and you started out, you needed to let people know who you were. Sure. Uh, and relate to the viewers. How did you know? Who do you know? Do you think of certain people in your mind when you speak to the camera? <laughs> I, I giggle with that question because I do. Anytime I feel, and you think, okay, you've been doing this long enough, you should never have any nerves. But because every single situation is different, right. there is a lot of ad-libbing involved in this job. 
And you're always just one ad lib away from, you know, <laughs> saying something that could end a career, right? Right, right. So, so I, you can be in situations where you don't know what's happening. You don't know what's next. And the human inclination would be for there to be some nerves there. Anytime I feel uncomfortable in my space or a little unsure, um, I am constantly thinking of why I'm here. I look at the camera and whether I'm feeling uncomfortable or not, whether nerves are trying to, you know, rear their their head, I look at the camera and I giggled at your question because when I look at the camera in the studios, there, there's nothing more impersonal than looking at a camera and trying to make someone sitting at home feel like you're speaking with them. Yes. I envision my mom and my dad who, truth be told, I still call them mommy and daddy. Think what you will, but... I did the same thing. Oh, see, that's 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 who I envision that I am speaking with. And it helps me sometimes take the most complicated stories mm. and boil them down. Yeah. And I think, how would daddy best understand this? How would mommy best understand this? Mm-hmm. How would I break this down for my parents mm. to understand this? And how would I deliver it to them? More importantly, how would I deliver it to them? That keeps everything in check for me. The emotion that you feel coming through on certain stories. How would I want to break this news to my my family? How would I tell them about this? And that just helps me keep it real all the time. Wow. Yeah. And sometimes it's messy. I mean, I'm the first to admit because no one's perfect. I will mess something up or mispronounce it instead of saying... Carvel ice cream. I was reading a story and and said Carvel ice cream. And then I stopped myself and said, I need to eat more ice cream. It's Carvel. You know, so so I just I just don't take myself all that seriously. Um, I take what I do seriously. Don't get me wrong. Right. But myself, um, I, I have to find that grace. That's a beautiful message. That's a beautiful message for so many women. I'm not sure if men really struggle with that, but I know as women, we do struggle with that. And thank you for for being so honest about that. And also for your comment previously about being in therapy for every, you know, um, about the Sandy Hook story. Um, I, I appreciate you sharing that with us because it is important that if we can't deal with something that we do need to get help. And um, and recognize that with ourselves. So you were talking about ice cream. That brings me to my next question. Um, you look very different from the Keisha that came here 20 years ago. You had two babies. Tell me about your post-pregnancy, your fitness journey, because you look sick, like in a good way. Like you, yeah. I mean, you guys, she is so fit, so strong. (laughs) I love you. I love the way you look. As far as I'm concerned, strong is the new smart. It is the new brilliant. Mm -hmm. It is the new healthy. It is the new happy. Um, I don't have it all figured out. I was in the gym at 530 this morning. But I was going to ask you when you work out. Given 530 in the morning. Okay. But because and and that's difficult. I get home at midnight. I get to bed at 130. So I feel like I could be in better shape if I got proper sleep. But the with having two young children, whether I'm getting them up and out of the house for camp or school, um, I've got to be up and I've got to be going. Um, 
And by the time I get through everything that I have done, if I'm, if I'm lucky, I can get a little bit of a nap, but there are some days where I can't. And, and it's a struggle by the time the 11 o'clock news rolls around. But, um, you know, I, even before having children, I dealt with insulin resistance, Mm -hmm. which can halt you from losing weight. Um, I am a horrible asthmatic and I take medications daily. Sometimes when you are an asthmatic and you have seasonal allergies, doctors will take you and put you on abnormal doses of prednisone because they have to. And I have a job to do, um, but I just remember working mornings and I remember my pulmonologist saying, I have to put you on an abnormally high dose of prednisone, 65 milligrams a day for the better part of a month. And what that medication did to me, my face rounded up, my clothes weren't fitting. And I I just remembered viewers calling. Someone left a message saying, you need to put down the donuts. Um, It was because people sitting at home don't understand what's happening. They don't know that you may have a medical condition and they don't care. Um, But that's not why I look the way that I look now. That's not why I do what I do. I am mentioning that to run the gamut on my journey. It started long before I had children with weight, sometimes being an issue, sometimes not. Once I had children and I had my first child uh, at 40, my second child at 42, the bounce back, bounce back from the first child, no problem. Second child, now that was a doozy. Right, Um, (laughs) He is now seven years old and I'm telling you, I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I waited until he was probably about closer to a year and I started working out and have not stopped. And I have gone from five days a week. Now I'm three days a week. Uh, on average, a good a good week for me is four or five days. Um, but I do what I do because I'm trying to set the example for my children. I do what I do because I just like feeling good and strong in my skin. Yeah, um, I think look that so as women, we need the muscle. We do. Oh, tell me about it. I mean, I've been doing this for a long, long time. And when I noticed the change in you and the strength, um, just looking, you know, the reason I love working out and I hope that, you know, my I know my daughters do and they feel that power, that power comes from within. It builds confidence and a strong woman that strength that you start building in the gym, it it it's a mind and body strength. And I'm so passionate about that. And I, you know, when I, I look at you and I I see this beautiful, strong, smart woman, and it's like you've got it all going on right now. And it's not just about mm-hmm. looks. I mean, it's like, you know, your brain and and what the way you're portraying yourself to us. You could just it's it's all around just confidence and uh I don't know. It's just been wonderful watching you just grow into this this magnificent woman. Thank you. It um yeah, it it feels great. You know, I look at myself in the mirror every single day so I don't see uh a lot of the growth that people sitting at home can see, but they they <laughs> they don't mince words and I cannot tell you how many times people will telephone the station. They will email the station. They will reach out on social media. They will write me letters. They'll stop me in public places um, just to tell me what an inspiration I am. And I, I, I do not take that lightly. I don't, I am the first to tell them, look, 
I, I work hard, yes, but but I'm not doing anything special. You can do it too. The game changer for me, Jody, and hit. I did genetic testing some years ago through my naturopath to see what the best form of exercise was for me, for my body type. It's possible and it's a great thing. And so I've always done HIT workouts. I do right. a lot of body strength, a lot of intervals. And uh, lifting heavy was in the past two years, the game changer for me. You hear that, ladies? I've been talking about this for 40 years. <laughs> lift weights, for goodness sake. Lift weights and lift heavy. Lift, oh, lift. Oh, you right. Depends on you. I mean, I'm 62. Like it's crazy. I. You will not look like a linebacker. No, you can't. You can't. We can't. We can't. We're not built that way. You can't. And that is the misconception that yes. so many women would come to my studio and say, "Well, you know, I know you have muscles, but I don't want to have those muscles." I'm like, "Honey." You're 65 years old. It ain't happening. All right. I love you, but it's not, not going today, to happen. Not right. It's not going to happen, but you will feel stronger and lighter in your body. That is possible if you do the work. And it's all clearly you have no problem doing the work to Listen, reach your goals. You know, I am deadlifting 280 is my personal best. Goodness, <laughs> wow. To three, but, um, I I just lifting heavy allows my body to burn all day. Yes. So I'm not sitting here looking at you, speaking with you, saying that I'm depriving myself. And don't get me wrong. If I wanted abs, I could clean up my diet a little bit and I'll get there. There you go. But again, I'm a work in progress and I've got to manage it all. And quite frankly, sometimes I just, you know, life will stress you out trying to juggle yes. all of the balls of life between family and work that I may want that cookie that I had with my dinner tonight. <laughs> and that's okay. I was talking you know? earlier to somebody and yeah. one of um in another sh on another show about that it's okay to have that cookie. It's okay. Like don't beat yourself up about no. these things and that's when you have that healthy mentality about living a healthy life, finding that balance. It's always about true. finding that balance. It's true. I eat what I want to eat. I am mindful. Everything is in moderation. Yes. Um, I've been a vegetarian since the age of nine. Okay. Um, so that helps me. Technically, I'm a pescatarian because okay. I started eating um, white fish, so cod in my, my when I had my, my daughter, my oldest child, because I was breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. um, so I knew that I needed an animal protein is what I wanted. So technically a pescatarian, but uh, it, listen, I, I eat what I want to eat. I feel good. Um, and I am mindful. And I think that as long as we are mindful and that goes for, for women, yes, but men too, yes. uh, because there's so many men that reach out as well. And they share that same message of inspiration. You know, men are on fitness journeys too. Absolutely. Um, and so if we can inspire and keep it real and let people know that, hey, you don't have to strive for perfection. What we can strive for is just being a work in progress and, and putting in the work and not being afraid. Great. That's a great message. So what is your favorite body part to work on? My guns, definitely. <laughs> Look at those guns. Those are great. I I I love working. So my arms, my shoulders, um, legs. Just, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. The back. Um, I really I love feeling strong. That's that's what I love. And I I love the fact that lifting heavy allows me to 
burn calories all day long. I, I feel like there aren't enough women who who get that. We are burning all day long because muscle is is burning. You may not, you know, want to look at the scale and, and like what you see on the scale, but muscle yeah. is always going to weigh more than fat. It weighs more than and fat. And that's okay. Right? That's Your okay. clothes are going to fit better. Right. Exactly. And you know, your oldest daughter, you said is nine years old, right? Your, yes. your oldest is your daughter and she's nine. And so does she comment on, on what you do lifting weights? She knows that you work out in the morning and it's, it's wonderful that she sees you doing that. How do you, what do you talk to her about? Well, I try to, because we know, <laughs> we know with kids uh, that, that it's messaging. It isn't so much right. what we say, it's what we do. Correct. And so I'm trying to, because I know that I will have to, having a girl deal with body, you know, image issues and, and all of that. So I'm really trying to set the example. I've tried to explain to her that this is about being strong, strong in body and strong in mind. But it's also important for my son. The cutest thing was kindergarten, his kindergarten teacher reaching out to me when he was in kindergarten and saying, I have to share this with you. She said, you know, we were going around the classroom today asking what does each child's you know, parent do? And when we got to your son, my son's name is Grant. Not that I'm narcissistic, just that I wanted to keep a British West Indian name yes. alive. Um, <laughs> she said, when we asked Grant, what does your mommy do? He said, my mommy works at the gym. Oh. And I just, it was such a compliment yes. because- that's where I am when he gets up in the morning. Um, yes. At that time, I was there five days a week, um, going to the gym five days a week. But that's, you know, that's how children equate it. Um, but that to me was hilarious and and both a compliment. Um, right. But my children see me putting in the work. They see that I take care of my body and, and that is my wish for them. Right. I think it's very important that, you know, yes, boys, but girls seeing their mom be strong and it, and talking about health. You know, my youngest daughter had a deal, you know, before she went through puberty, had gotten a little chubby mm-hmm. and she noticed it in herself uh, oh. because her friends had said something to her. Oh. She was about right, 11 years old. Oh, that's and brutal. She's 30 now. And, <laughs> uh, and I remember her coming home from school and saying, mommy, what can I do? Um, somebody said this and i said well we're just you're we're just always making healthy choices and we just kept it to healthy choices and and moving our body and so on because children it doesn't make a difference how old they are they are always watching us mm, they really are they really are it's and that that messaging is so important the messaging and what we do and what we say too but they're always watching. You're right in that messaging. If we can lay that groundwork when they're young, right, they'll be okay. Right. Yeah. So do you ever get tired? <laughs> I'm tired right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am tired every single day. I I, I don't know what it feels like you. not to be tired. <laughs> How do you sorry. do? Right. How do you, do, I, like I said, I'm well, exhausted. <laughs> is it adrenaline? Because I know that when I do, and I am not comparing myself to you at all, but like when I do my live show and I'm, I, I've got that adrenaline rush because it's like, okay, lights, camera, action. I mean, it's all in my head. It's not real like yours is, but it, I have that adrenaline rush as soon as they, or they count me down. It's, is it adrenaline that keeps you going? Like, how do you do it? No, I think uh, it's very funny because couple of things. I am an introvert at heart, which is hilarious to do the job yes. that I do. Yes. But it makes me have to dig down deep mm-hmm. every single day to do my job. And when I talk about the purpose of why I do what I do, 
I couldn't as an introvert do this job if I weren't here for all the right reasons. Mm. Knowing that when I sit down to do my job, I have to dig really deep because if I had my druthers, I would probably be curled up by myself with a, with a good book and my kids. So I do this job and I, and I dig deep every single day and it has to come from a, from a genuine place. It has to be authentic if not, you sitting at home will know it. You may not know what's That's going true. on, but you'll feel it. You'll feel it. Like, I don't like this person. They seem a little fake. They don't seem sincere. Right. So it takes a lot out of you. You add that onto the layers of exhaustion. Right. Um, and I think that it is an adrenaline. I think it's I grew up in LA and, and you know, it, it's the vibe. It's how we, it's how, yes. you know, it's how we all are Californians at heart. I am a transplant. I love it here in Connecticut. Do, do you? You I love do, it here? I do. I've worked in the Midwest. I've worked in the desert. I love it here. Um, it's where I chose to have my kids, raise my kids. But it uh, deep down, I think I just I know that I have a job to do. And I'm listen. This life is short. It is. This life is short, and I'll take my naps when I can. And there will come a time where I won't yes. have this energy. But while I do, and I can expend it, I'm going to do that. You have such a great attitude. Your parents must be so oh. proud of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. They they are. They are. Yeah. But I, I'm proud of them too because they put in the work. Mm. They they showed me how. Um, I don't think that you can come from this vein without having been shown the way from a young age. And and that is why I speak so highly and importantly about doing that for my children um, because my parents laid the groundwork for me. And I know how critical this, this is to, to life. Um, it's not easy. Life is not easy. No, it's not, you know, but um, if each one of us can do our part, just to, just to hang in there, keep swimming. As my right. There are always going to be, there are always going to be bumps in the road and it's just the way you navigate over them, under them right. and in between. And uh, again, going back to that balance, which we're, we're all trying to figure out that perfect balance. I don't think there really oh. is. We might have times where it's perfect, but for the <laughs> most part, right? For a moment, it feels perfect. Oh. But in the meantime, it's really about working hard, staying consistent with what you're doing and, and loving w where you are in life and what you're doing. I think that helps so much. And just trying to be a good human, you know, yeah. just trying to just trying to be a good human. It's uh, well, that's wow. that's how you that's how you come across to me. So I've one you do, you do. And, you. and this is why yeah. I you know, we started talking maybe years ago and that I'm just so thrilled that I was able to get you to be on the show. So I have one last question for you. And okay. that is, how do you live a fearlessly authentic life? Mm. By just being me, good, bad, or ugly, by just being me, I make no apologies and I try to have no regrets in life. I can't be anything that I'm not. And I am proud of myself for being here. <laughs> I really am. Um, I show up and I just try to live my truth. And, you know, whether other people like it or not, Who's to say, but as long as I feel in that day, in that moment, some type of comfort, as long as I feel like I am being true to myself, that to me speaks volumes. It sounds so simple, but that to me is fearlessly authentic.
you are a force. You are really a force. <laughs> and it is really an honor to have had you on the show. Um, how can people get in touch with you? Oh, my goodness. Well, you can always find me in the newsroom. <laughs> right, right. I am always in the NBC Connecticut newsroom, um, even when I'm away. Um, but I am easy to email. Mm -hmm. um, but you can also reach me on social. I, you know, once the pandemic hit, I found that I needed to take care of myself a little bit more. And so I take social media breaks. Mm -hmm. I'm never too far away. So I can, if there's something that I need to get back to in terms of a comment or a message, I will do that. But the posting and the being inundated, I take breaks and I take breaks when I know that I need them for the sake of me to be a right. better, better me. Better um, person, right. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough space. And, and so mm -hmm. there are a lot of lessons that were learned out of the pandemic. And that for me was one of them. Take better care of, of, of myself. Yeah. That means pulling back when I need to. Um, but reach out on social, reach out on Facebook, um, reach out on on uh, Instagram. You will always get me there or my Keisha.grant uh, at NBCU and I email. Thank you. Keisha Grant, thank you so, so much for being on Fearlessly Authentic today. It has been such an honor. Jody, likewise. And listen, you are amazing. I am so glad yeah. that we got the chance to, to share this time. The only thing missing was a cup of tea or coffee. I Seriously. know. I know. Okay. We are, we are going to make a date for that. Let's do it. Until next week, everybody go live your most fearlessly authentic week. I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you. 